0: And welcome to the latest episode of It Stinks, the Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Rubinow, and uh, we did it. We have pretty much come to the last of the uh, Critic content that uh, was ever made. We've done all 23 broadcast TV episodes. We did the Simpsons crossover episode. And now we are looking at the webisodes that were produced in the year 2000. And uh, some of you may be saying, wait, they made webisodes? And yeah, I myself was not even aware of their existence until I got the Critic DVD box set because they're included as a a special feature. And um, yeah, like I said, they were produced in the year 2000. So that's... So picture in your in your mind, if you can, what animation on the internet looked like in the year 2000. So this this would have been pre-Homestar Runner. This uh, would have been about the same time that I think Newgrounds was starting. So if anyone else was like me and spent a lot of time on Newgrounds.com around the turn of the millennium. But somehow this manages to look worse than either of those. The, the frame rate is just uh not very good you can really tell that like this was meant for for dial-up internet also a lot of the old familiar characters are gone there's no duke no doris no alice no marty uh no jay's parents uh pretty much vlada is the only returning character we get and he shows up in i believe only one webisode and there were 10 total made. But uh, on the other hand, the what they did do differently is that now Jay is kind of commenting on current films. Like films that were coming out the summer of 2000 and and on. Uh, which I think is, is you know, if you're going to bring back the critic for the internet, that's that's what you need to do. It needs to be current. It needs to be talking about the films that people are actually going to see. So I thought that was a good idea. This was also produced by, you know, Sony, so I guess this was the origin of um, Sony Studios acquiring The Critic, where it remains to this day. It's now on Crackle, although these web these webisodes are not there. As far as I know, the webisodes do not exist online anywhere. Uh, you can find, I think you can find them on YouTube, like someone, I think, did a DVD rip and put them on YouTube, but... Pretty much the only legitimate release, I believe, is on the Critic DVD box set. Um, All right, so I think that's enough preamble. Joining me as we go through these webisodes is no one. I am doing this solo. Uh, There's a few reasons for that. Um, Schedule-wise, it kind of just worked out the best. I've been kind of more busy than usual lately. Um, It was also just recently the... July 4th holiday, which is why this episode is uh, also a week late. Um, also, I kind of just <laughs> I didn't want to, to submit anyone to less than pristine critic product. So, you know, I, I only want my friends watching, you know, the actual critic uh, half hour episodes or the Simpsons episode, you know, I'll jump on this grenade and watch the webisodes myself. And also just the fact that they're not widely available. You you kind of ha- need to have the DVD to even have access to them. Uh, so with that out of the way, let's get into uh, episode one. So uh, all of these episodes are between three to four minutes, so they're very short, but they still manage, I think, to do a lot in that limited runtime. So like in episode one, we do establish that. Uh, Jay has a new show Uh, he kind of gives the brief history of how he was kicked out of ABC kicked out of Fox and then even kicked out of Comedy Central Um, and they do this funny visual gag one of my actual favorite jokes I thought this was a great joke where they as he's being kicked out of each building like ABC it's like a skyscraper Fox it's like a a just like a rundown, like abandoned building. And then comedy central is like a circus tent. Um, I thought that was pretty clever, but as for how, uh, Jay got back, uh, onto, um, or how he got his new show, he kind of, he shows this, um, (laughs) this documentary homeless, hopeless and hairless where he, uh, he is, yeah, he's basically homeless living on the street And he finds uh, an old discarded newspaper, and the uh, front page article says, Al Gore invents internet.
1: Al Gore invents internet? New technology? Last hope for fading stars? Baby, I'm back!
0: And here I am. Uh, Which, also, hey, I mean, they kind of called that. (laughs) Um, A lot of celebrities kind of found a second life uh, on the internet, either doing... YouTube or a blog or what-have-you but anyway Jay finds that newspaper and he's like I'm back and then That kind of brings us into the show also the other significant thing that happens in this first webisode is we meet a new character so um, So Doris Unfortunately in real life uh, the actress Doris Grau passed on um, not too long after uh, the second season of The Critic wrapped up. So we have a new makeup lady. Uh, she is uh, young and blonde, and Jay just immediately, you know, just falls in love with her as soon as he sees her, which kind of, you know, it it uh, led me to, to thinking, like, it made me realize Jay really only has two ways of relating to the female characters on on his show, or on the show. He either hates them, or he falls in love with them. And there's kind of nothing in between. So, yeah, that's something I would have liked to have seen more. Just, you know, Jay being able to relate better to women, just in general. But, yeah, we meet the the new uh, makeup lady. We don't get her name in this first episode. It's actually not going to be until episode three, I believe, where we even get her name. So, again, not... The best representation for women characters or people of color, as we'll see later. Make up!
1: Don't worry, you're doing fine. Really? I'm not too desperate? I can't tell, I saw blood twice today.
0: So that's the new character we meet in this episode. And then also, of course, Jay is here to review movies. So uh, in this one, we get... Uh, or actually, <laughs> in this first episode, he he doesn't really review any new movies. He he teases the fact that in the next episode he's going to review uh, some movies, and and uh, he names X Y Z Men, a parody of the X Men.
1: Tune in next week for our year in review special featuring blockbusters like the X Y Z Men. Not so fast, Magneto. What are you looking at?
0: Oh. X, Y, Z, men. He's also going to get to Mission Impossible 2 and the less than perfect storm. So, yeah, if you recall the summer of 2000, we got X-Men, Mission Impossible 2 and the perfect storm. Uh, So, hey, the critic is being uh, is getting with the times. Uh, Lastly, Jay (laughs) just kind of revels in the fact that now since they're on the Internet, he can curse
1: oh Jay you
0: bitch it's the internet I can say bitch and then we get to the credits and it is the same closing credits we've seen with uh Jay in the theater by himself and there's a uh you know some familiar names in the credits some new uh Al Jean and Mike Reese uh, are still there. I believe they, they wrote all of these episodes, and it's the same uh, theme music, so they still got the, the Hans Zimmer and the Alf Klassen, um music, so that's pretty cool. And then uh, the last thing, after the after the Gracie Films uh, card, it says the animation was by Jet City Studios, who I had never heard of, so I... Did a quick Google to try to look them up. Not sure they still exist. Uh, they still they do still have a website that is up, but it is all in Flash, so <laughs> hasn't been updated in a long time, and I don't know if it will ever be updated because Flash is kind of, you know, uh, gone the way of the dodo. So, uh, let's get into episode two. Uh, as we open, Jay is on the beach saying we're going to look at the summer's hottest movies. But then a studio light falls and uh, hits him in the head, revealing that uh, it is actually a set that he is on, not actually the beach. So he's still just in the studio doing his show. The makeup lady, who we still have not learned her name, comes up and uh, gives him a quick makeover to try to make him look thinner, which basically just means giving him these really angular features. He almost looks like the uh, the kid from Easter Island a little bit. So Jay tries hitting on her, which is gonna be a recurring theme. Uh, of course, we could see that coming a mile away, but she just kinda turns him down.
2: Let me tell you about me and men, okay? It's so hard to turn them away. And then I have sex with them, and it's so good they become fixated
1: with me. Well, with me, it wouldn't be that good.
2: Look, you're a cute guy, but it's too early now go out there and trash a bunch of movies people love
0: yes uh so then jay reviews mission impossible 2 where he basically says uh you know tom cruise since he's the executive producer he basically is invincible and so in the quick little movie parody we see uh tom is uh yeah he beat he like beats up a huge bad guy he like dodges a bunch of Uh, Other bad guys firing guns at him, and then he just, he, like, takes a tank shell straight to the face and uh, is basically not harmed at all, and he just flashes a big smile to the camera. Jay also mentions Anthony Hopkins is wasted in the film because he's only there for ten minutes, basically just there to collect a paycheck.
1: Mr. Hunt, your mission is to find a deadly virus while engaging in a maximum of daring do. Can I have my money now? No. To help you... I'm assigning you three partners who will sit around and do nothing. Can I have my money now? No!
0: Oh, and I, oh yeah, and I believe it is Maurice LaMarche doing the voice. Uh, Maurice LaMarche does also return, so we're going to get some familiar uh, celebrity impressions, some new ones. So that's something to look forward to. Jay also mentions he loved the movie Gladiator, and then this leads him to a moment of gay panic. So, if you missed all of those uh, Duke Phillips calling him gay jokes, uh, they kind of <laughs> did a callback to those. So, uh, hooray. And then Jay calms himself down by thinking about Heather Graham. So, hey, maybe Jay is bisexual or pansexual, you know? Maybe they're hinting at that, but that's giving the movie, a, or that's giving the show a lot of credit. Um,. And lastly, Jay says the uh, next film is Gone in 60 Seconds. Our next film is Gone in 60 Seconds, which I was once this movie started. Clever line. (laughs) Um, And then, so, yeah, the last thing that happens in this uh, episode is Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of storms the set. He kicks sand in Jay's face. They're basically recreating the old, like, Charles Atlas and the little nerd on the beach scene that's you know, been done a, a thousand times. I'm not leaving until you say something nice about my movies.
1: Well, they seem to come further apart these days.
0: So Arnold picks up Jay and starts spinning him over his head. And Jay teases that uh, on the next episode, they're going to do Almost Famous. Tune in next time for our review of Almost Famous, the John Lovett story. Ah, I'm funny when I spin. Which uh, I enjoyed that. But, but then they... On the next episode, they don't actually do almost famous. They they never do it. So that's just just they just wanted to get that joke in, I guess. So as episode three opens, uh, Jay is getting his makeup done by Jennifer. We finally get her name. He calls her Jennifer. He uh, tries asking her out, and and here's here's I think the critic. Basically, or here's the show kind of nodding to the, um, I guess, the more modern times that we're in. The, the um, Jennifer kind of stops Jay in his tracks and says that's sexual harassment and she could, you know, get him fired or, or whatever.
2: What you have done is workplace sexual harassment. I mean, I could swear out a complaint against you and you'd be out of here like that.
0: Is that a no?
2: It's an I'll think about it.
0: But then she says she'll think about it. So at least they're... I guess paying lip service to the fact that, yeah, asking out a coworker is not always the best thing to do, especially if <laughs> especially if you're their boss, there's a a power dynamic there that uh, makes it kind of ethically uh, uh questionable. So maybe just avoid that. Um, but that's not, what they do here. So anyway. Uh, Jennifer mentions she wants to see Jay's nice side, and that would make Jay more appealing to her. So uh, that kind of comes out um, when Jay is reviewing uh, when Jay is reviewing the Patriot with uh, Mel Gibson. Jennifer asks Jay to give it a good review because she says because Mel Gibson is a good actor and he's such a nice person. And like, yikes! This episode came out just a few years too early i think this was uh before i think mel gibson had his little uh like run-in with the police when he was like driving drunk and he said a bunch of stuff i'll I'll let you kind of google that yourself if you're curious and you don't know what i'm talking about also google the um the voicemail message he left to uh to his wife once um, if you, uh, want to know just how good of a, a, guy he is. Um, but we also get in this episode, Jay is kind of on a, uh, he's in like an old fifties drive-in movie theater set. He's in like a red convertible. So he's reviewing movies that way. I'm not sure why, but, uh, um, uh, Jay interviews Pikachu from, you know, from Pokemon because there was Pokemon 2000 that year. Now what better guest to start off our show than one of the hottest
1: actors working today. He's the star of Pokemon 2000, Pikachu. Pikachu. Peaky, I understand in your most recent film you fired the director, Paul Verhoeven. Pikachu. Pikachu. There are also rumors that you're a homosexual? Now that's just ridiculous.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and i got to say the 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 pikachu they get in this like the 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 way they rendered him the art is just not good i mean we all know what pikachu looks like right we can picture pikachu in our in our minds if you see what he looks like in this episode i'm not sure i can even describe it he's just like this horrible yellow monster and uh <laughs> it's just ridiculous so So, Jay says, what a year it's been for variety. Well, what a year it's been, full of imagination and variety. We've
1: seen Martin Lawrence as a horny old woman, Eddie Murphy as a horny old woman, and Madonna as a horny old woman.
0: So, pretty sure the uh, Martin Lawrence film was um, Big Mama's House. Not sure what the Eddie Murphy movie was. Was it, um, like, uh, The Clumps or Nutty Professor, where... He was, I guess, the mom, I mean, among lots of other characters, but I I don't know. That's all I can think of. So then he finally, he, he talks about, uh, he mentions two Mel Gibson films that came out this year, The Patriot and Chicken Run. And I'll admit, I, I actually watched and enjoyed Chicken Run. I mean, I think that's a pretty good movie, especially if you like uh, Wallace and Gromit. It's by the same animators. Um but uh the Patriot, um yeah, as Jay mentions, it was kind of controversial for its overly sanitized depiction of slavery and its overly villainized depiction of uh British soldiers. Dear God, the British Make
1: way for General Cornwallis, find a I man near Uh
0: so that's pretty good. I, I enjoyed that. So Jay tries to give the patriot a good review cuz man he really wants that date with Jennifer but he just can't hold back his contempt he he slams it and Jennifer disappointedly walks off and we cap the episode by Pikachu swooping back in and asking if Jay is free for dinner eh whatever um so yeah i, I again i well to kind of, I, I guess, just give these webisodes any kind of praise, I, I do think they do try to cram a lot into these episodes because we get Jay reviewing movies and also the kind of developing relationship between him and Jennifer and the conflict of him having to give an honest review versus wanting to make himself more appealing to the woman he's interested in. Uh, I think that's a very natural kind of conflict for Jay to find himself in. Um, and, in fact, he does find himself in that very conflict, I believe, in the uh, pilot episode of The Critic where he dates an actress and then watches her movie and hates it. But, anyway, so, yeah, the uh, the growing relationship between Jay and Jennifer is kind of going to run throughout these episodes, so get ready. Um, uh, so, episode four... We open with Jay again asking out Jennifer. This time she says yes after the show is done. So Jay does the world's shortest episode. He just says, "The perfect storm, the perfect bore." Cut, print it. Let's go. Um, and then we uh, get to uh, where else? Lane Reisch. So some things just never change. Uh, so we get to meet Vlada again.
1: Ah, oh, Mr. Sherman. Someone must have a job again.
0: Yes, I have a new
1: show. It's on the internet. Huh.
0: So we got the same uh, voice actor. Uh, Nick Jameson is his name, who does uh, Vlada's voice. So yeah, we've got uh, Maurice LaMarche and Nick Jameson both coming back uh, for the Critic webisodes. So between the two of them, you can have you know any number of characters. Nick Jameson, in addition to doing Vlada, does just a lot of kind of random background characters. Um, he does a lot of, like, accents and and character voices, whereas Maurice, Maurice LaMarche does uh, specific celebrity impressions. So between the two of them, yeah, you can make it work. So, yeah, uh, uh, Jennifer and Jay meet Vlada at the restaurant. <laughs> Vlada says, someone must have a job again. Um, but Jay says, yeah, it's a show on the internet, so as is Vlada's way, he seats them next to the bathroom because, yeah, having a show on the internet not that impressive <laughs> although I like we also see uh, some of the other people uh, some of the other celebrities having dinner there, George Lucas having dinner with Jar Jar Binks George,
1: do you expect me to say
0: oh, Miss is so hungry
1: I'm a trained actor I played Othello at Cambridge
0: he did it then he uses his uh, tongue to uh, whip a girl on the butt, so that was not so good. Um, <laughs> Jay says he uh, he never got to review Star Wars because that's when he wasn't working, and there were a bunch of other films he he never got to review. Uh, he mentions Titanic and The Sixth Sense. Um, oh, this also does remind me of, of something I wanted to talk about back in Episode 1. So Jay mentions that since... His show got canceled at Fox, and he got this new show on the internet. He got divorced a second time.
2: Oh, you poor man. What happened to your self-esteem?
0: I lost it in the second divorce settlement. He does not mention who his second wife was, but it's got to be Alice, right? Did Jay and Alice get married and then divorced? I mean, that would explain why she's not on his show anymore, but... I don't know. That's just a little too depressing for me to think about. But it it occurred to me when when I saw that. So uh, anyway, Jennifer asks Jay why he goes to the movies if he hates them so much. And he says the theater was basically the place where he could go to feel special. And uh, he goes to every movie hoping to find a little bit of magic. So it's this little moment of sincerity that I, I kind of actually related to. Like, I love going to the movies. I kind of get that same feeling. And then it is, of course, interrupted by Woody Allen.
1: Even today, I walk into every movie hoping I'll find a little magic. Maybe it'll be another Annie Hall. Yeah, you and me both, brother. It's not easy keeping Soon Yin saddle
0: shoes. Uh, so they make a Woody Allen joke, and that's how you know the critic is back. If they're You know, cracking jokes at Woody Allen's expense. Uh, I believe their waiter, or maybe it's Vlada, asks if if, uh, they want coffee. Jennifer says they'll have coffee later at her place. Uh, Jay smiles, and we get a to-be-continued sign. But then, in episode five, that's not actually continued. We don't know what happened. We are uh, back on Jay's show. Um, Episode 5 is Jay's tribute to the Academy Awards. Uh, So Jay is at the top of this grand staircase. There's giant Oscar statue set pieces um, around the stage. And of course what happens, Jay trips and falls down the stairs and even the giant Oscar statue drops on him. Uh, So yeah, some things never change. Um, uh, Jay says the Oscars are based on the fallacious premise that there is a best picture every year. Uh, God, I feel that. Um, He says, uh, he he basically, we we do a sort of a retrospective on some of the worst Best Picture winners. Uh, The first one is Out of Africa, which, yeah, I've never seen, but the little movie parody we get is, yeah, just uh, Robert Redford and Meryl Streep just doing very white people things in Africa, including um, (laughs) him giving her liposuction. Uh, So there you go. He then mentions uh, Silence of the Lambs, and we get a a little Hannibal Lecter scene. Can you hear it, Clarice? The Silence of the Lambs.
1: Ooh, must have been the father beans.
0: Uh, I was kind of disappointed by this, especially considering we've gotten so much better Silence of the Lambs jokes in the actual show. Uh, But anyway, so then uh, since it is the Oscar show, Jay then tosses to... A long and pointless musical number no one wants to see. And we just get one sad dancer doing a little routine, and then it's over. Um, so Jay asks out Jennifer again, because uh, I guess they had a successful first date. Jennifer is a little reticent. Y- you know, she kind of seems like she only wants to go out with Jay as a friend. She says, like, you know,
1: how do you like me and Tails?
2: You want the truth? No. You look wonderful.
1: So you want to go out after the show?
2: Even if we're not having sex?
1: You want the truth? No. I'd be delighted. That's why I like our relationship. It's based on mutual delusion.
0: So make of that what you will. Uh, (laughs) We then get a scene of uh, On the Waterfront. So we get Maurice LaMarche doing his Marlon Brando impression, which is always uh, great to see. I could have been somebody. I could have been a contender.
1: Instead, I'm going to make a lot of bad movies and have a comeback in the 70s and let an Indian accept my award. Then I'll make more bad movies and get really fat and kiss Larry King on the mouth. I can't take it anymore. Hey, where you going? The car's still moving.
0: Oh, well. Take me to Krispy Kreme. Jay then mentions he has an inside source who has revealed the winners of this year's Oscars. And I liked this gag of he he kind of spoils who is going to win Outstanding Art Direction. For
1: Outstanding Art Direction? Oh my God, it's genre boss? Come on. Didn't you think it was going to be Michael Kornblith?
0: And then we run out of time before he can reveal Best Picture, and he just falls down the stairs again. And that's that episode so that brings us to episode six uh, hey I'm making a good time we'll be out of here uh, before you know it um, so uh, episode six we are not on Jay's show we start in Jennifer's apartment uh, Jay and Jennifer are having coffee so I I take it we are kind of you know at the end of um, of their date Jay says he liked Sleepy Hollow he also liked Pope fiction. Not pulp fiction. This is Pope fiction. So we get kind of an extended pulp fiction parody with uh, the Pope.
1: You know they got the McDonald's in Vatican City. Yeah. So, so you know what they call a quarter pounder? No. What? A papal bull.
0: <laughs> you know they talk about the quarter pounder at McDonald's. They do the 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 dance. You know, if you've seen one Pulp fiction parody, you've seen them all. Um, so it looks like Jay and Jennifer are going to kiss. Uh, Jay stops himself saying he doesn't want to ruin the evening.
1: I'm not going to do it. I had such a perfect evening with you. I won't ruin it by clumsily groping for the left breast.
2: That's the sweetest thing anyone has ever said to me. Because, you know, I probably would have done it. But instead... I can just treasure this moment.
1: What? Well, could you treasure the moment later if we did it?
0: I was a little confused by this, so I guess this was, you know, Jennifer said in the previous episode she didn't want to uh, have sex, but then it seems like she changed her mind, and I don't know. It was a little weird, but I guess good on Jay for, you know, respecting consent, I guess. I'm really reaching here, but, uh, so um but yeah so they you know nothing happens jay just kind of well he leaves the apartment and then something a little weird happens jennifer turns to the camera and speaks to the audience directly saying she's got a message for the women uh that there's a guy out there who really respects you
2: to all of you women out there on the internet which is about three of you, I'd just like to say that there is a wonderful guy out there who truly
1: respects you. Thank you. Now, what if I come back with a cookie or something? Would that
0: count as a second date?
1: You touched my heart, and now you're ruining it.
0: All right. And then uh, Jay kind of spoils that by he basically he kind of rings the doorbell, and she opens the door to find Jay wearing just a ribbon... Uh, no clothes, just a ribbon around his crotch with a sign that says, open me. So she slams the door and says, men are pigs. And that's the episode. This was the shortest one yet. All right. Episode seven, we open on Jay's show. It is the best of 2000 special. So I guess this one aired a bit later in the year. So Jay, again, manages to get tangled up in the, the stage prop, like the year 2000 he's kind of poking out of one of the zeros and manages to get stuck and we get the will be right back sign with jay as a cartoon b so that's a nice little throwback to fans of the show if you remember the (laughs) if uh if you remember those like technical difficulty signs so jay counts down his top 10 of the year uh his favorite film castaway with tom hanks so then we get uh tom hanks on the island and he makes a fire by rubbing two of his oscars together and then he roasts another oscar over the fire and kind of eats it like it's a corn cob. he also uh jay also says he liked bagger vance cut to the clip it's bagger vance and matt damon
1: i've used all my godlike powers to help you and we won no tiger woods beat you by 12 strokes
0: You know, they do an elaborate high five and, like, a, a hip-hop beat plays. Again, not the best representation for POC. Oh, okay. I did like this joke. See, there 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 are the, the few jokes scattered here and there that I actually like. So Jay says he loved the film Unbreakable.
1: Bruce Willis plays the lone survivor of a horrific train wreck, which is not surprising since he survived Hudson Hawk, The Fifth Element, Mercury Rising, North, The Jackal, The Story of Us, Billy Bathgate, The Bonfire of the Vanities.
2: We've been off the air for 45 seconds.
0: Though I also have to call out, you know, he mentions Unbreakable is by director M. Night. Well, M. Night Shyamalan is his name, but Jay struggles over the pronunciation of his name and ends with Shyamalama Ding Dong, which even in 2000, that joke was so just played out and lazy and terrible so um yeah so that was bad um but anyway they uh so so they go off air jay says oh good i didn't actually have 10 favorite films from this year uh but says the best thing to come out of the year 2000 was meeting jennifer so ah that's sweet um so then she asked jay out for coffee and uh so jay of course says yes he's excited he says well i have sex tonight click on the version you want and see so then we get this we're kind of presented with two options almost like it's a choose your own adventure one says gentleman the other says animal and um I don't know if if this was when this was on the web originally, if you actually got to like click the one you wanted, but at least on the DVD, it just plays one after the other. You don't get the opportunity to actually do anything. Um, so it plays the um, gentleman one first, with which just ends with Jennifer saying good night to Jay and you know put, uh, him exiting her apartment. The uh, animal option. Also ends with Jay kind of getting more forcefully put out of the apartment and gets a uh, door slammed in his face. So kind of like, yeah, Jay says, you know, hey, you know, uh, I didn't get to have sex in either option. Hey, I didn't get sex either way. Please call your Internet service provider to complain. Yeah, Jay, I'm sure that'll fix it. Um, all right. Uh, episode 8. So on Jay's show, this is the special behind-the-scenes episode where we're going to get behind-the-scenes peeks of uh, certain films. Uh, we see first uh, the latest Harry Potter film where Harry mistakes Jay for a goblin. Uh, and then we see like the actual goblin who, of course, does bear more than a little resemblance to Jay. Um, <laughs> then we get... John Goodman in The Rock of Gibraltar. Now I have no memory of this film. I don't know if it's an actual film, but we basically just see like a ship out at sea and then the Rock of Gibraltar, basically just a giant almost like an like an iceberg. It's like that huge and it's just it's, it's just John Goodman like stretched out to giant proportions. Um, I got to say that that visual gag got me. Um, then Jay talks about the upcoming remake of Planet of the Apes. Uh, this film I did see. It is terrible. Don't see it. Oh my God. They're making it again. Damn them. Damn them. You know, kind of aping the, uh, end of the, the classic film with Charlton Heston. And so after that, Jay signs off. That's the end of, um, his show. And then he wants to take Jennifer out, saying they they are now far enough in their relationship that Jay wants to uh, show Jennifer his favorite spots in the city. So we get um, – first, they are kind of sitting on the park bench uh, with the view of the bridge that is kind of in the opening credits. Um, or, yeah, in the second season is in the opening credits with Alice. That's him and Alice sitting Uh, On that same bench, I believe. Uh, Jay says uh, New York is now a much friendlier place than it used to be. And uh, to show the truth of that, he gets uh, mugged, but by a very, you know, friendly mugger. Uh, Pardon me, may I have your wallet? Why, yes, of course. Would you like a receipt? That would be wonderful. And he mentions the only homeless people now, at least on on Broadway, are the uh, members of the cast of Cats. And then, of course, we see a bunch of homeless cats or people in cats costumes in the alley. Uh, Next, they go to the top of the Empire State Building where um, first King Kong shows up. And at first, you know, he scares Jennifer. But then King Kong takes out what I guess would be the world's biggest violin, not the world's smallest. But he takes out a violin and starts kind of serenading them. um, And that kind of wins Jennifer over. He... um, Or she kisses Jay, and then Jay kind of behind his back gives a high five to King Kong. I kind of liked that. Um, And Jennifer invites Jay back to her place. And now this is like the third time we've seen them at her place again. But uh, anyway. Oh, yeah. And this was weird. So she invites Jay into the bedroom saying she has something to share with him.
2: Jay, would you come in here? There's something I want to share with you.
0: Hmm. I hope it's sex or candy. Oh, if and if that's not Jay, just summed up in a nutshell. Um, I also thought, are they referencing the song "Sex and Candy" by Marcy Playground, which I think would have come out by by this time, um, but I don't think so. Anyway, in Jennifer's bedroom, we actually see she has a bunch of children in bunk beds. So either, either Jennifer has a lot of kids or she's like fostering them or adopting them. I, I don't know. They don't really make it clear, but she looks young enough that these have to be foster kids. I would think anyway, jo- uh, Jay polls the audience on what he should do, uh, in this situation. Now's a good time for an internet poll. What would you do if you were me? A
1: run like hell. B Tell her I love her. Show her my vulnerability. See, sleep with her anyway, but wear two condoms double-bagged for my protection. Cast your vote now. I mean right now. I don't know what to do.
0: Again, kind of pretending that there's going to be some sort of interactive element, but there is not. Again, not great. Little, little, like, slut-shamey much, Jay? Anyway, uh, okay, so the and the results of the poll 93% vote for sex sex i should have known
1: considering my audience is mostly 14-year-old virgins at the computer god bless you
0: boy he he had me pegged like <laughs> cuz if i was watching if i was watching this back when it was new that would have been me yeah a 14-year-old virgin boy just watching on his computer And then the episode just ends. Again, very weird place to end it. And that whole thing with she has a lot of kids, that's not really followed up on or developed more. But anyway, we've um, only got two episodes to go, so let's soldier on. Uh, Episode 9, Jay and Jessica are uh, in line for uh, a Broadway show, or actually a bunch of uh, Broadway shows. Not sure how that works, but um, yeah, so the first sh- the first show they see is called Copenhagen. It is a drama based on subatomic physics. It is impossible to simultaneously determine the angular momentum and position of an
1: electron. Oh, oh. Bravo, fascinating.
0: The uh, dialogue is about as exciting as you might imagine based on that description. And the entire audience falls asleep. I kind of was not sure what they were going for in this episode because there aren't movie parodies. And I don't know if Copenhagen is a parody of an actual Broadway show that was on at the time. Um, But I don't know. This was just kind of a weird scene to me. Uh, They then go to... Tuesdays with Maury the musical um so if you remember the the novel Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album, they turned it into a musical so we all remember the great musical numbers that uh the critic would have back when it was on tv well unfortunately this is not one of those we just get Maury and the other guy I guess it would be Mitch right the writer of the book singing a lame song that's to the tune of the ABC song.
1: Maury, Maury, tell me why you are such a special guy. I have got a feisty soul, though I've lost bladder control. I I think that's the reason why. They
0: won't publish the book till you die. (laughs) They didn't even compose like an original melody or anything, but uh, Jay just can't resist chiming in at the end. They won't publish the book till you die, and that kind of upsets uh, everyone. So they then go to uh, the Broadway version of The Graduate, which I think Jay says it, or somehow they tell us that it includes a nude scene with Kathleen Turner, so uh, Jay is all excited to see that. But then they say that this evening the role of Mrs. Robinson will instead be played by John Lovitz. So John Lovitz again gets to kind of do a a cameo as himself within the critic. Kathleen Turner
2: will not be appearing tonight. The role of Mrs. Robinson will be played by John Lovitz. Mrs. Robinson, I really should be going now.
1: Benjamin, don't go. I know you want me.
2: (sighs) I think I'm going to be sick.
1: Wow. Everything's big on him. Except his ego.
0: Um, Though I have to say, the way they drew John Lovitz on this webisode just looks weird. I really don't think it looks like the real uh, person at all. But uh, anyway, uh, we're not done yet. We then get Death of a Salesman, but it's the cast of Seinfeld. Biff, Happy,
1: where are my sons? And why do they have names like laundry detergents? Whoa! I tried out for the football team. You know what they told me? I'll tell you what they told me. Too Jewish! There's such a thing as too Jewish?
0: So yeah, Seinfeld parody. There you go. Uh so later, uh they're at a delicatessen to cap off the evening, and then Jessica kind of catches Jay talking directly to the camera and saying that uh, you know, she's angry that Uh, this was just an excuse for Jay to do his show. She thought this was just like, you know, a fun afternoon together or whatever. So, uh, so she breaks up with him on the spot. Jay,
2: you begged me to go out with you, and then it turns out to be an excuse to do your show.
0: Well,
1: the show's over now, baby. Anything you want to say now is between you and me.
2: Good. Jay, I want to break up.
1: What? Wait,
2: cut, cut! I knew we were still
1: on. Ah, that's my girl.
0: Is she doing that just because they're still on air and she's trying to create drama? I don't know. But in at the beginning of episode 10, Jay and Jennifer are back together, or at least they're um, still hanging out. And um, they are in line for what Jay says is one of 2001's hot summer films, though they don't reveal what it is uh, quite yet. A, a dad and son come up. Excuse me, I
1: hate to interrupt, but uh, my son thought he recognized you. (laughs) Your son is very
0: observant.
2: Are you Shrek?
0: No. So, I mean, at least, hey, they're referencing Shrek, which is still popular 20 years later. Definitely just kind of a luck of the draw there. But that was kind of interesting to see a Shrek joke uh, on the critic. If only they knew what, like, a huge uh, meme Shrek would become uh, in the years following. But anyway... Oh yeah, Jay references the fact that Sony recently got caught using a fake film critic to give positive reviews to their films.
1: Now before I get into the show, I want to say something very important. Recently, Sony Pictures was forced to admit they have used a fake film critic to provide blurbs for their films.
2: Well, I just want to tell all of you out there that my boyfriend Jay is 100% real.
1: Hmm, and All Man 2
0: right baby (laughs) whatever and this is a real thing that actually happened i remember when it happened uh david manning was the name of the critic so you can uh google that if you want more information on it it was pretty egregious i don't know how sony imagined they would get away with it so jay recaps the films of the summer uh we've got moulin rouge who, where he says, Nicole Kid- Kidman slept with everyone but Tom Cruise, which is not what happens in the movie, but whatever. Uh, Jay gives the voulez-vous coucher line to Jennifer.
1: Jennifer, voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir?
2: Peut-être, mais il est nécessaire pour vous me donner un commitment avec la possibilité de marriage.
1: Sorry, no speaky Frenchy.
0: So, yeah, Jay, just a typical guy. Like, I mean, hey, you've been married twice already, Jay, apparently. What, what, you know, what's what's one more? Jay mentions that in the movie Swordfish, Halle Berry got paid a, a bunch of extra money to uh, go topless in, in one scene. And Jay mentions he gets paid extra money to keep his top on. Yeah, just kind of reminded me of... Um, the kind of jokes we would get in the actual show. just kind of making me wish I was kind of watching that instead. Um, but uh, uh, Jay then mentions the most expensive film of the summer was Pearl Harbor, which uh, was also a terrible film. Never see it. But he shows a, a brief clip of, yeah, just a bunch of warships and, and stuff, just like firing guns at each other and, and planes and bombs. And then he says that was the premiere party. Jay also mentions the movie was rewritten for foreign audiences. So in the American version, the Japanese general says the line, you know, I'm afraid we've awoken a sleeping giant after the attack on Pearl Harbor. In the Japanese version, They may win the war, but they can never match our fuel-efficient cars and state-of-the-art stereo equipment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and lastly, two uh like two women like or like kind of teenage girls, eh, not not sure what age they were supposed to be, but two kind of hip-looking girls come up and again ask if Jay is Shrek. Uh so Jay actually like turns into Shrek and like roars at them to get to like scare them off. And then credits. We never find out what movie they were waiting in line for, and they were a lot of plot threads that kind of go uh unfinished like what (laughs) what's gonna become of jay and jessica does their relationship work out does the show work out i i don't know maybe they thought they would get to do more webisodes to further develop these plot threads but then this too got discontinued um who knows but Hey, that's the webisodes. We did it, you guys. We got to the end. But don't worry, this is not the end of It Stinks the Critic Podcast. I have at least one more episode planned that should be coming out next week. What's gonna be the topic since we've kind of done all the uh <laughs> critic content there is? Well, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna let you wait and see. It's a bit of a surprise, but rest assured it will still be critic related. So i look forward to that, and I will have a guest for that. So I hope you'll join me next week for It Stinks, the Critic Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of It Stinks, the Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Rubenow. Our theme song is by Brandon Beck. You can email the podcast at itstinkspod at gmail.com, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at ItStinkSpod.